Wow. Good morning, everybody. Say it louder. All right. How many enjoying the rain? I was comp- I had a I had a moment to complain about the rain. I remember last year I had tree bladders. I kept putting out every I put out there and I had to water three times a week because you couldn't buy water last year at this time. Now it's overflowing and I love that the lakes are overflowing. It's gonna be a great summer um, and it's raining and not too many storms. But I know we had one come through. But really I love this type of year this year. I know by next week it'll all disappear. In the middle of July, we'll be all dry, and then we'll be complaining how dry it is, because don't complain about the rain. So the uh, only time I know I complain when I got cut grass. So that's that's a tough thing. But it's good to see you guys this morning. Um, Pastor Rich, lead pastor here, and if you're a guest, thank you for coming out. Thank you for braving our little weather that we had this morning, a little cloud of, of rain that came out. But um, you come to, at a good time today. We start a new series called Overcomer. Overcomer, that's the series we're going to do, and we're going to cover a few topics in Overcomer. Um, comparison, overcoming comparison, labels, apathy, and fear. Those things look as dead in the face, and they can intimidate us and cause us to be insecure in all those areas. And we're going to attack those areas and let them know we're above all that. We're overcomers, so we don't have to worry about comparison and labels and apathy and fear. And today what we're going to do, we're going to unpack today comparison. I mean, society today is about comparing one another. Um, and we're going to look at a scripture that uh, Apostle Paul was dealing with comparison. And, I, and let, me, let me ask you a couple of questions. How many of you grew up, your mother or your dad said, I wish you were more like your brother? My dad, my mom, dad, he said, I wish you were more like your brother. And then the target of your life was to be better than your brother. You ever have that? Or oh, how about this one, ladies? You guys get a lot of magazines I'm noticing today. And y'all look, and everyone look like, wants to look like Beyonce. Right? Or whoever. And then you get the hairstyle going. Problem is, it's not her hair. And then you go buy something. I'm sorry, let me stop. You go buy something to look like Beyonce, and we grow up to look like that, and the figure, and, the, and you want to look like that, made up, and she has a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week person that follows her around and does every little eyelash, and you're like, and you have two or three kids, and that lasts about five minutes, right? Or the men. Now, I love men. We love to go to the gym, Right? I got one right. I got one growl. Okay, you go to the gym, and you've been there. I've been there, and I just want to work out. And the guy's in there, and he's looking in the mirror, and he's looking at you. See how much you put up. And he's looking at you. He's doing like this, and he's looking at you. And you do uh, five, he does about eight. And he's looking at me. I'm like, will you get rid of the mirrors, right? And he's doing all this, and he's. And I'm at my age, I'm like, God, whatever you put up, you got to keep up. You know what I'm saying? So I have my own gym. It's at the house. I do my little rowing and bicycling, and then I go cut a yard that's an acre and a half. That's my private gym. I don't have mirrors. I have someone to compare the way I do it. That's my wife. So, but that's some of the downside of comparing. Some of the good things is comparing. If you're a guy and your wife sends you to the store, right? And she wants you to buy something. And you go to the first thing you see, you buy it. Now, she brings it home. Did you know it was on sale? Now, I wasn't really thinking about a sale. I really, I saw it. I killed it. I bought it home. We go shopping. I said, there's a nice pair of pants. Don't look at them yet. We got to go to 15 other stores. Why? I see it. I kill it. We're good to go. We can be home and watch football before it's over. 
Right? No, we got to compare. That's the great thing of comparison. But I want to talk today about the negative thing of comparison. How culture has got into this area of comparing one another against one another, churches, society, one another. We see that in sports today. Uh, one, I remember one athlete just said the other day, no one seems to be happy that we're playing well. They're comparing me against another player, against another player, and the news are doing that against one another. Um, the way culture is, when we're talking about this story, Apostle Paul was dealing with the Greek culture. They compared one another with one another. They, they, uh, they measured one another by their own intelligence or their own opinions, and they compared against one another, and they either felt pretty good or they felt pretty bad. In today's society, we do that today. And what it means, comparison means to judge or compare one thing in connection with another. And when, Paul, when we get to the story, Paul says, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Now, if you have your Bibles, let's go to uh, 2 Corinthians 10, 12. Remember, comparison. 2 Corinthians 10, 12. This is the Apostle Paul Really what they said, if you look at the title, I mean, he's actually defending his ministry because they were comparing him to other things, to them, and they felt he was a failure because of his suffering for Jesus. And they, were, they felt like when they wouldn't suffer for Jesus, he must be doing something wrong, and we're better than that, and that's, and that's a bad place to be. 2 Corinthians 10, 12 says, not that we dare to classify or compare ourselves with some of those who are commending themselves. But when they measure themselves by one another and compare themselves to one another, they are without understanding. And this is Apostle Paul. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I ask in this moment, you reveal your truth to your people, the sheep of your pasture. And Father, I pray those who are struggling with comparing themselves with other people, Lord, I pray you break that today. Let us compare our lives on how you have set us up. Let us celebrate who you have called us to be. And we thank you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Remember I said they considered Paul a failure because of his suffering for Christ. And if you look at the whole book, a uh, whole chapter, chapter 10, it was talking about how he would write letters a certain way. Then we saw you in, in, um, in uh, person, and you look like a little scrub. And you're this and that's that, and you're supposed to be this. And, you, and he says, I'm not going to compare myself. With them, and they're all preaching the gospel, but they're actually looking at him like he wasn't worthy. He wasn't worthy to be a leader, and comparing themselves. And you know, the, what's, I want to tell you this. This is one of the takeaways if you're taking notes. You know, one of the fastest way to kill something special is to compare it to something else. You want to kill something special? You compare it to something else. Every one of us is special. Like I said, growing up, when they said my brother, my dad, he meant well when he said, "Hey, why don't you be more like your brother?" Well, I was more like me. But it hurt me. Not hurt me. I didn't know I was being her. I was, I was living my life trying to be better than him or measure myself against what his accomplishments were. So whenever he's this, he went to this car, I said, I got to aspire to do that. Now, did I want to do that? No, I was inspiring. My new target was to be like my brother, which deny who God created me to be. Even in, in society as an adult today, People will compare who you are with other people. It hurts sometimes. And you're like, I'm not like other people. I'm me. And you can judge who you are, how you go about doing things, but they don't know who you are. And we do that today 
significantly. I read it all over the news. Everyone's comparing one another. If you're in sports, I love sports, but I tell you what, I don't like the analyst, analyst anymore with that. Well, he's like so-and-so. He's like, not really. And then they ask him the question, are you like? No. That guy played basketball in 1960-something. I am in 2018. Well, you better team without the, you know, all those things that cause drama. But I heard one of the, uh, the number one executives of the NBA came out the other day. NBA basketball came out and said, um, our players are not having fun anymore. Because all the comparison of what, who I am, no one can celebrate that we're doing well. No one can celebrate because you have to find the drama in everything. And then you see your lives and all the things around you, you can compare your life with other people. I wish I was more like them. How come I, they can do this and I can't do that? And you can get spun up. And there's two negative things I want to unpack with you today about what comparison does. First thing, if you take a note, comparison destroys contentment. It destroys, what happens, it compels you to turn inward and focus on yourselves, what you lack, which causes discontent. Man. You just, what am I lacking? I see they have something, I'm lacking that. You feel upset, you feel, I'm like, oh my gosh. And maybe your timing's off. Maybe it's not ready for you yet. God's not ready for you to have that yet. You have self-approval, self-disapproval. You're analyzing yourself against other people. Now you have to analyze yourself against God, against Jesus. That's the best way to do that. Not against other people. Because you'll never measure up. You'll never measure. You have to feel approved. I'm great today until you see somebody. Oh, I'm a loser. Especially if you run a church. Oh, my gosh. You're a pastor. Everybody judges you by your Sunday morning speech. And how many people you have in the room? And where your church is located. You know, we are, you know I went to go work with the bank. The guy said, are you competing with another church? I said, we don't compete. He said, oh, because big, they're bigger than you are, so we can't give you um, what you're asking. What a week. I said, really? <laughs> He's been at it for 25 years. I've only been at this for seven. We make things so big. But it, it stung. And I started asking God, hey, you know, when, in, when am I? And God said, what are you talking about? You already doing it. You're unique. You ever get that? Kind of cars. I mean, I grew up in a neighborhood when we all bought, you know, when your neighbor bought a car, everybody bought a car. You know, if, if one neighbor bought a Ford, everyone bought a Ford. I don't know why I found the road dead. Sorry, Booker. But uh, then we bought Chevys, you know. When we bought a Chevrolet, everyone had a Chevrolet next week. That was the big news. Back in those days, the cars was $1,500. I'm sorry. That's how old I am, right? You didn't have to take out a loan for a car. You just bought it. Right, and gas was 37 cents a gallon. Yeah, I know, right? I'm really old. <laughs> Praise God. 37 cents didn't even give you half, a, half a, a drop, right? It just goes 37 before it even starts loading anything up. But what happens is it can make you feel, feel superior when you're comp comparing one or inferior. First one, superior. You know about the book of Luke chapter 18. There's a Pharisee and there's a, um, there's a uh, tax collector praying. And the Pharisee's praying, God, thank you, I'm not like him. Thank you. And he's like, put, he's looking at this guy, he's feeling so good about himself because of what this guy looks like. Another guy won't even look up because he's just 
humbling before God. And I like that in that scripture, Jesus said, whoever, um, whoever elevates himself, I will humble. But he's feeling better because I'm not like them. I'm not like him. Lord, I pray. I fast. You ever been there? I do all these things. You know nothing. First thing you left out was love. You know a lot, but you left out love. What happens is you lose love when you compare yourself with other people, especially those in you, you're talking about discipleship. They're not that far yet. Well, I, I've been here. That's great, but they're not that far yet. So are you going to be part of the problem, of the solution, or part of the problem? See what I'm saying? So when you look at that, it really its amazing. Now, here's the thing. When you're doing that, it also, weak, it also makes you feel inferior. It weakens your self-worth, lowers your confidence, and really steals your inner peace, and it questions your identity. Because the next thing you want to do is, I'm going to be just like them. Or you have this image you want to do, and all you still, what you want to do is impress others instead of impressing God. See, Paul wasn't interested in impressing people or man. He was interested in impressing God. And what happens is you become a second best to someone else. And I want to be just like, and you're competing with someone, or you, try, you spend all your life trying to impress pe- people who don't really care or remember. I don't know why we wait to the age of over 50 when you don't care what people think. You know, when you get my age, like, well, who cares? I won't be around another, I'll be around another 40 years, but really? You haven't walked in my shoes. That's what I like about elderly people. They've been around, and people, man, they don't understand. Well, they're around. (laughs) They're around a lot longer than you've been around. And they know more. Hey, guess what? They've been married 40 years. You've been married four. Why don't you listen to them? Well, you don't understand. No, you, no I'm trying to tell you. You want to stay married? Get with the 40-year-old. Get with the ones that have been married 40 years. Don't judge what you think you see on TV and, and marriage and all those things. Now, here's the thing. You can't faithfully follow Jesus if you're always comparing yourself to someone or someplace else. You can't plant your life anywhere if you're always comparing. Now, you ever hear the, um, you ever hear the, um, the saying, the grass is greener on the other side? When people hang on, let go over here because it's a greater thing. And the grass just got worse because you showed up. Because you're the problem, isn't it? The grass. Right? I'm going, it's greater, it's bigger. They, oh, you just messed it up. You showed up. You just killed the grass right over there with your cynical attitude. You think it's greater when God calls you to be in one spot. This is bigger. You didn't do anything to make it bigger. You didn't do anything to make it bigger here. You just want an arena football. That's another message. So when you look at that, the other thing is this. Comparison <laughs> breeds insecurity. Now, you and I compare ourselves out of our insecurity. I love what Steve, Stephen Ferg says. The reason why we struggle with insecurity is because we compare our behind the scenes with everyone else's highlight reel. Now, you know what the highlight reels on Facebook. You see people 
Right? It's a highlight reel, and you look at your life and say, I'm not that happy. I'm not on vacation. And they're showing up everywhere. They, they go, you know, and they, oh, they went over to the Barbados. They went here. They went there. Now, they're like, this is great. And they know why they're smiling, because they know they got to get home and pay that bill. It costs money to go to, uh, to, go to Barbados. But we, our behind-the-scenes life, we judge it by the highlight reel. It's a big issue. I'm reading up on this comparison, especially on the campuses. It's a big issue. Comparison, when they look at social media, it is our highlight reel. It's not real. It's a highlight reel. Okay? They call it social comparison. On high school, on college, you look and see what your friend is doing, how great they are, how their, their accomplishments, how they look, their athletic ability, their grades, and their popularity. The problem is with that, they take it, I want to be better, or I am never going to measure up to it. And what we're seeing now, and what they say in an epidemic is, suicide with the young people. They had two suicides this last week. One in Cisco Junior College, at Cisco High School, high school, Cisco, and another one, ACU. Student just graduated. It's real. They didn't know their life, you know, I heard someone came down here, we had someone come down here before, they graduated from high school on Saturday. They were in our room down there having an anxiety attack about what to do next, what to measure up to next. Because what they see in these highlight reels is real. Versus, let's be real. The one that's smiling on the camera just finished fighting. One is, we already know the behind, we already know the behind the scenes, what's going on. They're doing that because they want likes. Which with adults, when we look at that and look at society, we'll look at us and our friends and say, I don't have enough money. I don't have enough followers on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. I don't have enough attention. Not enough likes, because when you post something at 12 o'clock at midnight, you're up at 3. How many people liked it? And your whole demeanor changes. In fact, don't do it on Saturday night, because you come to church on Sunday. I'm a loser. No, you're not. It's not real. It's a highlight reel, okay? I want to be looked like. I want them to like me. They hit like just because. <laughs> they do. I do. Okay, yeah, because they might. If I don't, they'll call me. Did you see it? Yeah, I saw it. I didn't even read it. Sorry, I, I don't want to hurt some. I'm sorry. I don't hurt you know when y'all celebrate sports, like football's coming up. Y'all celebrate Dallas. I have to hit like because I like you. But you know, at the end, I'll be laughing anyway. But I know. But it kills your whole day because I didn't get likes. I didn't get, I'm not popular enough, whatever that looks like. Uh, I'm not, I don't have enough success. I'm not successful enough. And what happens is those who are successful 
or in the, my eyes are successful, I've become envious with, against. I envy them. And they don't even know why I'm envying them. I envy them because they're doing better than I am. And now I have this little competition. Pastors are the worst. Because when you ask us a question, how's the church going? We have all the numbers. Now, I have my, one of my, when we go to our world conference, we're coming up to, and when we have our quarterly calls, because we're part of a bigger movement of every nation, if I even say I have how many people in my church, there's a guy in, in, in Jacksonville, Florida, will be calling me personally and saying, you need to shut up, because I didn't ask you that. Actually, how, I asked you how's your church, how you, and really how's your church is how you're doing. If you're depressed, they all depressed. If your marriage isn't working out, guess what? Nothing else is going to work. He said, let's be real. Not even with men. What do you do? Here's my business card. What do you do? <laughs> I'm a communication director. Really? You answer phones. <laughs> right? The titles. I'm hitting some nerves here, I know. I'm sorry. And we become so obsessed on impressing people. I got to impress them. I got to make sure they are impressed by my looks, which is hard when you get over 60. Impressed by my intellect. And we'll, some, I know students that are in school now, they don't even know why they're in school. They're just told to be smarter than everyone else. Nothing wrong with school, but you got to have a reason why you're going. Not to impress other people who will not remember anything versus in, 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 in um, impressing God. Now, here's the thing about comparisons, guys. If you have friends and allies, it can turn them into rivals. Because you're judging yourself on what, and you're comparing yourself with what happened with, with Apostle Peter. Peter, remember when he denied Jesus three times, I'm going back fishing, Jesus restores him, asks him three times, do you love me? He tells Peter, okay, you love me? Yes. All right, you know all things, Lord. He shows up. He said, look, Peter, when you got up, when you were younger, you were able to dress yourself and go wherever you want. When you get older, someone's going to dress you and parade you down. And when you're talking about this is how you're going to die. You're going to die. He, in fact, Peter then felt he was going to be crucified, but he felt like even when he was kind of came around, he said, turn me upside down because I don't want to mirror my Lord. But he was gonna, he's telling him, here's your mission, and you're going to die at the end of it. Here's your obituary. So what does Peter do? I'm hanging with, you know, I'm hanging with John and his dad. And I'm like, we're all together and we're friends. And Jesus, the prophet comes up and says, hey, it's Pastor Rich, you're going to be hanging. Uh, so what do I do? Human? Uh, <laughs> what about that guy, John? The one that lays on your lap. And, you know, that guy, the one he, that Jesus loved the most. Can I, hey, what about him? Right? Isn't that every month? Isn't that? Um, and Jesus said, what is that to you? Okay, a.k.a. 2018, mind your business. If he stays around until I go or until or he stays alive all the time, that's me. Follow me. Now, 
There was a rumor that said John will stay alive forever. Because I bet you John was like, guess what, man? I was in a meeting with Jesus. Paul, Peter's going to die. I'm going to stay alive forever. Yeah, he was on the islands of Patmos. That's where he was alive at. He probably spread the rumor. I'm never going to die. But what was, his, what was Peter's first reaction? That was his friend. They walked together for three years. They ran the tomb together, even though John outran them. What was that? It turns even your friends and allies. See, Jesus told them, look, don't be his for you guys. Don't be concerned about your neighbor or your friend's call or the will of God in their life. Just be concerned about your will and the call of God on your life. When you look over other people, you, use, you lose traction. Because what they're called to do is completely different than what you're called to do. I love, I love the New England Patriots. The first thing you always hear, the one guy says, do your job. You're the defense, do your job. Offense, do your job. You throw the ball, you catch the ball. You block, okay? If you start complaining about them, you're gone. Same with the church. We all have gifts and callings. Don't be concerned with what I'm doing, and don't try to be me. Be you, right? Now, here's the one thing that kills comparison, guys, which we forgot to do. We forgot how to do. Celebration. It's the last time you celebrate it. Celebration destroys comparison. First thing you want to do, you want to celebrate who you are. Not who you're not. Jesus made you special. He made you amazing. And you're worrying about what you don't look like. And I'm telling you, the older you get, you can't keep it up. You can't. That's what I love about it. I give up. Praise God. Save a lot of money. I don't have to worry about haircuts. I don't. It's like, that's it. Now, only thing I got to worry about coming out of my ears and my nose. Praise God. That's too much information. Let's move on. Ephesians 2.10. I love the amplified version of Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship, his own masterwork. Say, I'm a masterwork. Okay. A work of art. Created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used. Yeah. For what? Good works. There's no good works outside of Christ. You were created in Christ. We created in Christ. Even I love this part of it. Let's keep going. Which God prepared for us beforehand, taking the paths which he has set. I love what my instructor says. The paths are smarter than we are if we don't follow them because Jesus set the path. Before we're even born, there's a path for you to run on. Celebrate who you are. Don't look at someone else's path. So that he will walk in them, living the good life. Everyone said the good life. Yeah. He prearranged and made ready for who? Yes. Celebrate who you are, not who you're not. Don't look at them. Well, I wish I would. No, I don't wish. Have fun. Trust me, have fun. We become cynics. And we complain and we complain. Or we judge other people the way they're doing things. And we forgot how to celebrate. Celebration kills comparison. In fact, celebration changes the environment. Next thing you want to do, you want to celebrate. You want to celebrate your unique call. Now, this is a, I love what Apostle Peter said. Um, in 1 um, Corinthians 7, 17, 
only let each person, right? Say I'm each person. Lead the life that the Lord has assigned to who? To you. Yes. And to which God has called him, this is my rule for all the churches. You've been uniquely called. You've been uniquely assigned. I have to spend the rest of my days figuring what that looks like. And no one else can do it but you. No one else. Even our fingerprint. God said, I'll make it perfect. None of our fingerprints match. We're all unique identities. Don't be like someone else. Be you. Here's my favorite words. I learned, I, had, I put this in school. My instructor said, don't ever say that. But I'm going to say it anyway because I graduated. You be you. You be you. Wow. You be you. That's a song. Be faithful to your call, which was directly, uniquely assigned by God. When you're celebrating you and you're comfortable in you, you will celebrate other people, not compare against them. You'll celebrate what they're doing for God and where they are. You can celebrate with them because you know how to celebrate with you first. Make sense? When's the last time we celebrated? We're afraid to. I don't know about celebrating, brother. Something might happen. Every day something happens. Believe me, there's nothing that's not going to happen. I love one of my favorite songs. Don't judge me. Uh, what's his name? I can't remember the name now. Even what's called Scars. Someone help me. It's called Scars. Anyway, I play it in my ear. Can't remember his name. Anyway, it's called Scars. In this life, you'll have scars, but celebrate the scars. I remember the second service because God said, don't use that joke. Now, here's what I want to tell you. Psalms 139, 14 says, for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Now, I want you to say this. I am an awesome wonder. Say it again. I am an awesome wonder. Now, say it with a smile on your face. I am an awesome wonder. That's what that word, when it says fearfully and wonderfully made, I love 13 and 14, it kicks out all the abortion problems because you will, you know, when you conceived in your mother's womb. But you're an awesome wonder. I love that. Is that my phone? Oh, that's good. That's him. And you're different from everyone else. Now, here's what Apostle, everyone stand. Here's what Apostle Paul said when he went this in 1 Corinthians. Now, I want to help you with this because you can try to work all this in on your own intellect. And I'm going to be good at it. I'm going to be better at it. And what God is saying, you can't do anything and believe anything without my grace. When you say, I'm... short in this area, or I'm not measuring up, or I'm falling. You know what you're saying? God, you made a mistake. That's what Moses told him. I can't speak. What are you talking about? You've been speaking all your life. Are you calling me a liar? This is what Paul said, and this is my famous line, so I can can have fun with it. It says this, 1 Corinthians 15, 10, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace taught me was not in vain. 
On the contrary, I work harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God was, is with me. By the grace of God, I'm rich. Now, you can take it or you can leave it, but I love me. Now, I'm not trying to be egotistical. I'm just trying to speak the truth. Because if you don't love you, you can't love others. If you don't have celebration in you, you can't celebrate with others. And what does it say? I'm a child of God. That's my identity. I am who he says I am. Everyone say, I am who God says I am. I might not feel like it, but it does not change the truth. I am who he says I am. I'm an awesome wonder. I am unique. I got a call. I'm a sign. I'm handsome or you're beautiful, right? Even without the hair. Praise God. Celebrate. Give the Lord a hand clap. Let's worship out today. Let's worship God today.